0: What's up, y'all, and welcome into the Jack Vita Show. I am your host, Jack Vita, for part two of our six-part MLB preview series. Today, we are covering the AL East. If You guys missed our last one. We covered the AL West not too long ago on the other side of the country, and I had our official meteorologist and game show host of the Jack Vita Show, Anthony Franz, who is a diehard Rangers fan, currently living in Midland, Texas, And we previewed the AL West. We went through our expected and projected win total. So if you want to hear our thoughts on the AL West, go back and check that out. And then after today, we'll still have four more. We'll still have four more divisions to preview. So you won't want to miss out on any of that. Subscribe to the Jack Vita show, wherever it is that you get your podcasts and log on to my website, jackvita.com. For more content, you can follow me at Jack Vita Show on social media. And at this time, I think we should welcome in our guest who's going to help me preview the AL East for the third straight year. I can't believe it's been three years now. And he typically makes a couple of appearances on the show um, each year. Maybe about as many innings as Corey Kluber threw in 2020. Like, hey Kluber, he he made some innings, he pitched some innings last year, and he's a Yankees fan too. Jonathan Jaggard, how are you doing? JJ. I'm
1: doing great, Jack. Uh, thanks for having me. Very excited. Yeah, year three. Uh, I hope that I'm a little bit wiser. Uh, you know, I'm a bit more seasoned on the show now. Um, very excited here. Uh, you know, as as you said, and as uh, past listeners know, I'm just a brainwashed Yankees fan. Uh, <laughs> who finds a way to believe every year uh, and gets disappointed. So um, very excited, uh, Jack, you know, you've been doing some great stuff. So excited to continue the MLB uh, division preview series with you.
0: And we, I didn't get to he- hear if you laughed at my Kluber joke or not because uh, you were on mute.
1: Yeah, no, that, I did like that. Um, you know, Kluber threw a no hitter for us last year. So, uh, you know, he's always going to have a, a page in my, book and uh he stayed in division this year so we'll get to talk about him but I like that reference
0: <laughs> very good yeah JJ has Mike on mute and absent tonight unfortunately I really wanted to get him on I know he really wanted to be here Brian Cohen from the challenge Rhap hap podcast he's made a couple trips to the show but shout out to Brian huge Yankees fan I know he would love to be here and uh we'll have to get you and Brian on here sometime together for our own like talking Yanks spinoff here on the Jack Vita show.
1: Yeah. Uh, it'll be a, a much worse version because uh, <laughs> I, you know, maybe I, I haven't heard any of Brian's stuff, so I'm sure he's great, but I'd probably bring down the, uh, the average a little bit, but would love <laughs> to meet him.
0: <laughs> I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I, I've never listened to John boy and Jake talk Yanks, but I feel like they'd be, they're more positive than you and Brian would be.
1: When you know that, that is probably true. They're, they're great at, uh, spinning things, you know, uh, positively. Uh, and I, by the time I turn on the game, you know, I'm all, I'm all for it, but my, my post game analysis is always just so negative. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it would probably be a pretty sad, depressing episode actually.
0: Yeah. Well, Brian is, he was on last year. He came on right after they, I think they, they got swept by the rays in April last year. They got, was it two or three or a sweep? It was like the first time they met the Rays last year.
1: Yeah. That wouldn't surprise me. The Rays have definitely owned us the past few seasons.
0: And Brian was so mad. And he was just like talking about like, why should Cashman get this job for life? Like we need to shake things up. Boom. Cashman. I want him out. Let's change the culture here. So I think, I think we'll, we'll do that at some point this year, especially if the Yankees are in, Lower in the standings, I think that'd be a really fun podcast for me to listen to.
1: Yes, yeah, I think that it, that is a great idea. You'll hear plenty of that uh, when I talk about the Yankees off season <laughs> this episode. But I, I would actually love to do that. Just get a negative hate fest going uh, on the
0: Yankees. <laughs> It'd be a therapy session for you guys. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that,
1: And that's much needed because I, you know, I don't have many uh, Yankees friends out here, uh, or really ever in my life. So I'm kind of just like in my own head, just yelling at the tv so
0: all right so uh jj did a great job for us the last couple years and last year i mean have you listened to our podcast that we did last year since we recorded it do you remember anything about it uh
1: i i listened after we recorded it uh i remember i think we started off slow with the orioles uh and i remember (laughs) There, there was one guy on the Blue Jays that I was really excited about. That's about all I remember. And I, I think I predicted that the Yankees would win the AL East probably. You
0: did. No. Yeah, <laughs> I pick, You picked the Yankees, and I went with the Rays pick, and you had yeah. this look of shock on your face. Like, what? Really? Yeah. Come on. But, I mean, hey, the Rays now, two years in a row, they've won the AL East, and we'll talk plenty about them, but, I think the best place to start with this before we go team by team, JJ, is this the best division in baseball?
1: I mean, I think with the, the offseason moves that were made and just looking at these teams, uh, I think that you could make a case for each team uh, that they are better than they were last year. Um, and especially like looking at what the, the blue Jays did, um, like they're just going to be a year older and, you know, they've just just barely missed the playoffs last year. Uh, And I, I would say that, you know, you would, there's a lot of people that would agree with that statement. So I would probably say that as well. Um, But I'm also less knowledgeable about other divisions. So I'm very biased.
0: I think, so we talked about AL West the other day. I think the AL West might be the worst division in the American league. Honestly, I, I really think that, Texas, L.A., Angels, and Oakland are three teams that I think I think Anaheim is probably average. I think those other two teams are not good. And then Seattle and Houston, I think the, both those teams will be pretty good. Like two, two interesting teams to me. I think the Central might be improved, um, but this is such an easy pick in terms of American League. And then if I go against the National League, I don't know who I'd say in that well, I don't even know what the best division in the National League is. We'll save that for another time. But yeah, I think last year you had four teams that won 90 games. Your fourth place team in the AL East last year won 91. That was the Blue Jays. Now, maybe a couple of these win totals go down for a couple of these teams, and we'll we'll get to that. But I, I cannot looking at anything, I I cannot imagine that there's a more competitive division in baseball this year yeah
1: they're just gonna be beating them beating each other up all year uh and uh, ganging up really on the rest of the
0: al for that matter too
1: yeah yeah it's <laughs> it's gonna be so much fun to watch i'm i'm really excited because there's not gonna be a lot of off series um that these teams have so you're really gonna uh whoever comes out of the al east um hopefully they're not too tired to make a run uh to the world series but Uh, That would be my, you know, prediction that whoever wins the AL East is going to win
0: the AL. Not a bad one. Okay, so Jonathan, we last year we had voicemail messages from basically a fan from each team. Unfortunately, we really haven't had a whole lot of time to to gather that up this year. Just with this, we didn't know when this season would start, and meanwhile, there's a lot of March Madness for me to work on and cover. So, unfortunately, I've been trying. We only got one voicemail message today, and it's from the objectively worst team in the division. Uh, so, shout out to our guy who the the Orioles fan who sent in the the voicemail. He's a hero. Uh, we're gonna play that when we talk Orioles. But we got no voicemail here for the Boston Red Sox, and I think that's the best place to start. Jonathan set the table for the Boston Red Sox going into 2022.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, probably the biggest, uh, off story is, uh, you know, no pun intended is adding Trevor story. Um, which I was bummed that the Yankees didn't get him. You know, he's been really a quality, a quality player in the league for, um, you know, saw a solid few years, um, got himself a nice six year deal. Um, I, I thought it was a little bit lower than uh, what I thought that the market was going to be. Not being somebody who's super up to date with contracts, but six years, 140 million. So that's, I mean, that's great to add to their, uh, you know, very strong offense. But um, one thing that, uh, as you know, the Yankees and other teams were looking at him and the offseason, uh like just looking at his numbers last year, something I thought was interesting, like he definitely regressed a little bit and uh just from an OPS standpoint he was right around league average um OPS plus of 103 so i don't know offensively uh it it was actually his worst season since his first full year in the majors which was um which is kind of surprising that he was getting as much you know talk as one of the top offseason free agents so um I don't know if you thought that that was interesting or what you thought about his uh his season last year, but that was kind of interesting to me
0: well I find the most interesting thing is they paid a guy shortstop money to play second base and yeah that's part that i that's the part I don't really get it because we know the Boston Red Sox can score a lot of runs they did that last year I think the way that they needed to improve was. To beef up their pitching rotation a little bit, which has some question marks. Just looking at it on paper, I think they maybe have, may they may have gotten some performances out of guys last year that were best case scenario. I don't know if they how they follow that up. I'll have to pull up the numbers here in a second. But <clears throat> what I find so interesting with Story, you mention his numbers dropping. You're pulling him away from Coors Field. But also, in addition to all that, this is a guy who's had some pretty serious injury history with his elbow, and there are a lot of concerns with that. And what I think, one of the things I think are the great strength of Trevor Story is he's a great defensive shortstop. So it's interesting to me that they would pay him shortstop money and slide him over to second base. And Bogarts is not a good defensive shortstop. So maybe what this tells me is that Bogarts is going to, I think he's a free agent next year. Is that correct, JJ? Uh,
1: I'll I'll get back yeah. to you on that.
0: I think I'm pretty certain. So he's either a free agent after next year or two years from now. I think it's next year. So this could be the Trey Turner move where you bring in Trey Turner and you know that you're going to let Seager walk. And then you slide Trey Turner over to short after one year. I think they should just play him at short because Bogarts is a minus defensive guy, and that's that's the thing that's odd to me, I think
1: yeah um no i I don't disagree with you at all um sorry, getting a call here in the office dispute <laughs> that um so yeah i I don't disagree there it it is kind of interesting the they you know, and Bogarts being one of the the faces of the franchise now, um, we saw they let Mookie. You know, you know they parted ways with him. Um, so it's not something that they're opposed to doing. Uh, so I, I think that that does make sense. Um, I like Trevor's story a lot. Um, so I I hope that he's able to bounce back offensively uh, and maybe playing and maybe if they do keep it as is, him at second he's able to, you know, much less demanding position. Um, he can definitely uh, bounce back a bit and return to kind of what he was doing a little bit earlier in his career. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think that that is uh that, that I, that could definitely be what happens here.
0: Well, and one point on the, the course field thing, DJ LeMahieu became a much better known greater, he, he became more famous, hotly, wanted player when he when he put on the pinstripes and he went to New York um, and he left Coors Field. And so a lot of people chalked up his performance to Coors Field. I, I will say that he's going to see a lot of he's going to be in a lot of hitters parks here in the AL East. So that right field line in Boston at Fenway is 305. This is a hitters. This is a hitters paradise in the AL East. So I think numbers wise, he's going to perform, but yeah, I think obviously that's a, that's a huge add. Now they lose Schwarber who came up big for them at times last year. Were there any other big key departures for this team, JJ? Uh,
1: well, one of the, one of the big additions that I absolutely love just from like a team, uh, you know, spirit standpoint is bringing uh Jackie Bradley jr. Back. And, you know, he's not quite the defensive player that he was, you know, he's a little bit older now, but he's still, you know, he was uh, so solid for them for so long um, that, you know, his bat still is, you know, uh, subpar, but that's, um, you know, he's there for defense and they, I I think he's getting slotted into right field this season, um, which, you know, even though he's probably lost a step um, he's, you know, playing in right field, he's going to be, playing center field quality defense out there. So that, that's something that I absolutely love um, that they did. And I think that that's also like a great move for the fan base to, to get him back there. Um, So that, that, that's a fun one that I, that I think about. And,
0: um, and yeah. Yeah. And he still is a great defensive player. I mean, uh, he signed, I think I was surprised he got as much money from the brewers as he did, considering he isn't much of a hitter but that kind of player is so valuable. And I think mm-hmm. smart teams understand that. And there are a lot of teams that don't really value those kind of guys as highly. So I do like that return. I think that's yeah. a good pickup. Yeah.
1: I, and really like when he's someone that you slide in at the, you know, at the nine spot, like this, this offense, even that, you know, even though he's a minus bat, this offense is just so strong. Like when you look at it, really you know top to bottom like you got a guy like Bobby Dellback who didn't have uh quite the season last year that they were hoping he'd have after he had that really strong uh I think he played like 20 25 games during the covid season and he was incredible um you know a guy like that is going to figure it out at you know being that this is I think this will be his second full season uh in the majors uh and then you know JD Martinez uh, he was an all-star last year, um, which, you know, I, th- I think that some people, cause he had a terrible COVID year and people thought yeah. that he was, he was, you know, kind of getting a little bit washed, but came, you know, bounced back last year. And then obviously the, the top three with, uh, Kike, uh, Devers and Bogarts, you know, it's just, that is as an opposing pitcher, that is just a very hard top of the lineup to get through, uh, and then solid all the way down to the rest. So.
0: So I agree with you basically on everything on this lineup, but I mean, fair concerns about the pitching staff. I mean, is there anyone that you like here on this pitching staff? They get Chris sale back for a full season. Um, it'd be really interesting to see what you see out of Chris sale post Tommy John at this point in his career. I think he's 33 years old and I mean, he still owed quite a bit of money on that contract too
1: yeah so i the the latest i saw is uh chris sale is like he's still he's not going to be there to start the season yeah. um so so not it's not quite going to be a full season so they're gonna have to piece yeah. together starts without him um you know Valdi uh he was you know his first year as an all-star um and he's into his 30s so that was pretty cool to see um a uh, little bit of an older guy.
0: Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez got the contract from Detroit. He's out. So. Yeah,
1: he's gone, uh, and he put up a lot of innings for them last year. Um, they they brought in Paxton, who uh, he's only gonna he's not going to come until the second half of the season. So that was kind of an interesting move to me. And he's not going to provide much. Uh, yeah. And he didn't provide much for the Yankees. So I'm I'm a little bit anti him. He he had a nice playoff start for us one year, but.
0: So yeah. I guess the guys to keep an eye on are twenty five year old Tanner Houck.
1: Yeah, so. Houck. Uh, they've got they've got Michael Waka too, uh, who I who I like that guy. I'm hoping that he has a a strong season. Um, and then Nick Nick Pavetta I think is uh, supposed to be their their uh, their number two starter. Good luck with uh, that. I know. So so that's <laughs> going to be. <laughs> That's probably going to be what, uh, what brings them down. And, uh, and also there's, uh, there is potential. Um, so Garrett Whitlock, who is uh, a stud in the pen last year, I think that there's yeah. talks of him being, becoming a starter oh. um, or, or oh. at least like a, yeah. like a long-term kind of, or longer inning gap guy, um, which, you know, their pen was solid last year um, and it should be pretty good again. But uh, if you pull Garrett Whitlock out of that, then it's, uh, it kind of changes things. So um, I don't I it, I don't know if they really have a plan. I think they're just going to kind of try to stay afloat until Chris Sale comes back. But that's that's my read on what's going down there.
0: Well, Whitlock was the only guy on their team last year that threw a substantial amount of innings out of the bullpen with a sub two ERA, um, or actually a sub three ERA. Everyone else was over three, which isn't great for a bullpen. Matt Barnes 379, Adam Avino 421. Uh, Ooh, Sawamura from Japan, he was pretty good. But yeah, I I don't think the bullpen is good enough. Like the Rays are able to piece together a pitching rotation because their their bullpen is lights out. And that's not what you're looking at with this Boston team. And in this highly competitive division, I would expect I'm going to say Boston takes a step back from a year ago, which was the team that went to the ALCS really wasn't that far from going to the world series. Uh, Now you got to, you got to give Alex Cora a lot of credit in terms of what he was able to accomplish last year in his first year back after his 2020 long suspension last year, they won 92 games good for a wild card. Of course, we know what happened in that wild card game. JJ, And Tampa won the division. So 92 was the number last year. The over under this year, 85 and a half. What do you say, over or under?
1: Yeah, I think I'd go over. um, But they, like, I'd probably go around 89. um, So, like, step back from last year. But I think that they're still going to have a solid team. Uh, It's not going to be enough to get them a wild card spot. But uh, I would go, I'm going to go over there. So
0: how many wins?
1: Yeah, 89. That's my 89. number.
0: 89? Okay. That's pretty good. I think I'll go... Yeah, I, I also like the over 85 and a half. It's, I'm actually surprised it's as low as it is, all things considered. I'll go. I'll go 87. I'll give the Red Sox 87 wins, which yeah. should be... I mean, 87, well, in the American League, it's... Might be a little tougher to get in the playoffs with 87. 87 in the National League would get you that third wildcard spot because now we got that extra wildcard spot.
1: Yeah. No, they'll, they'll pick up some wins against the Jays, Yankees, and Rays and, and be pesky all season, but I don't think they're making the playoffs.
0: Yeah, so it seems like the general consensus is step back from this year. They're, Vegas is looking at them as seven wins fewer from a year ago, so that's interesting. All right. Where should we go next, Jonathan? What team do you want to discuss next?
1: Uh, well, the team I want to talk about, uh, just because they're my pick to to win, is uh, the Blue Jays. So, okay, that is that that I'd like to go there. Yeah. All right, right. and then the after the Blue so Jays, exciting.
0: I do want to get the Orioles out of the way at some point. So. Okay,
1: we'll we'll go Blue Jays and Orioles. All top right, to, that sounds Top great. and bottom.
0: Yeah. All right. So what are you liking about this Blue Jays team a year ago, 91 and 71, one win, one game away from a postseason berth. We almost got like a, an awesome four-way tie for the two wildcard spots, but we just missed it.
1: Yeah, no, they, and they, they put up an uh, amazing fight, uh, all year. And I think. Uh, where were they playing? Because they were playing in um,
0: Dunedin, Florida. And then, yeah, they were, then they were in Buffalo for a and while. And Buffalo,
1: right? The with the with the highway in the background, right? That, <laughs> yeah. was, that was pretty funny. You could see like that the big green exit sign and the and the highway. That was fun. Um, and yeah, so like not being able to get comfortable. Uh, and obviously this loaded roster of young guys. Um,
0: well, I want to touch he, on that real quick. That topic of home field. So this year. They got home field. Can they fill up their stadium? One hundred percent. Are there any restrictions Uh, on that?
1: Well, I don't think that they've lifted. One thing is I don't think that they've lifted the, uh, the
0: vaccine mandate. So they,
1: so they're going to potentially have trouble there. Um,
0: Well, basically here's the thing, not to get into politics of it, but if you're able to get, if the blue Jays are able to achieve some kind of like 100% vaccinated, rate With your team, you could have an amazing home field advantage with the amount of players that are not going to be allowed to come into Canada from opposing teams who are not vaccinated. So yeah.
1: I didn't even think about it from that standpoint. Cause there, there are plenty of teams that uh, don't, that they're not at a hundred percent. So um, I don't even know if any teams
0: are. No, I nobody numbers, is yeah. on major league baseball. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. So that, that actually could work in their favor. Uh, I didn't think about it like that. I mean, you have to, you basically
0: have to in this situation. Otherwise, you're going to have so basically, you're either going to have a situation where you could get that, and I mean, there are Yankees players, there are a number of guys in this division who have vocally spoken out against getting it, don't want to get it. Anthony Rizzo has said that his doctor advised him not to get it with his previous bout with cancer, and in that situation, like I, I trust what. Anthony, and I think Anthony Rizzo knows what's best for his body and what his doctor says. So, not going to pass any judgment in that regard. But at the same time, now if the Yankees are down a few key guys with a big series in Toronto, that's going to make a big difference. So, Toronto could get this really what what could be a helpful home field advantage, or it could go the opposite direction, which would basically be the, the worst case scenario would be if you had a team of Kyrie Irvings, that would be the, the worst case scenario, a bunch of guys who can't play at home.
1: Yeah. And you know, I, I don't see Canada uh, changing the rules anytime soon. No. So this this I, I, could yeah. be one of the biggest stories of the, uh, the AL East. Um, yeah. A bunch of Kyrie Irvings out there. So you're just <laughs> building a team of silhouettes, you know, they are have a, a picture on uh, MLB the show.
0: Well, you know what I think would be so interesting is let's say hypothetically, and I I truthfully do not know who is vaccinated, who is not, because it, for the most part, I, you know, I guess in this situation, it does matter with the sports of it, but For the most part it doesn't impact my life and I don't really care. That's that's off the field stuff. That's personal de- decisions. And I don't like to get into talking about vaccines or anything like that, but it is going to play a factor here. So I I think what would be interesting is if there was such a great amount of pushback from a number of key players on this team, and if that were to drag on, if you're going into May and Vladimir Guerrero, I'm just going to, you know, hypothetically, if George Springer's not playing, Vladdy Jr.'s not playing, Bo Bichette's not playing, and you're down those guys every time you go back home, Would the Blue Jays try to work around this and go back to playing in Florida or playing in Buffalo, or are they committed to Toronto?
1: Yeah, uh, and I think that's, like, the worst-case scenario is if they have to do that, you know, traveling home again. It's not good for baseball. You know, you obviously want your stars playing, like just like you saw in the NBA. You know, it's it's not great that Kyrie's playing. Whenever he plays, he's dropping 40 points, you know. And so uh, that, that, that definitely is going to be, if that happens, that'll be one of the biggest, that'll probably be the biggest story in baseball. Um, But they're, you know, even if, even if they, uh, if they're missing a few players, I think that the rest of the league will be missing a few players too, whenever they come. So I'm not, I'm not, now that we've talked about this, you've swayed me and I'm completely on the other side, this is going to work to their
0: favor regardless. Yeah. I um, think so too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's, yeah, they're they're such a great team. I absolutely love the you know adding Chapman. You know you had a you had a Gold Glove out there at yeah. uh, at at third. He's such a stud. Um, great with the stick too. Um, so he. Well, it's interesting
0: on Chapman. Basically, so they lost Semyon, who was an MVP caliber player for them last year. So you need to replace that production. He had forty five bombs, one hundred two RBIs, OPS eight seventy three. And 15 stolen bases. Good defensive player, too. So, they're going to now... They're going in the direction of picking up his teammate, who was also on the left side of the infield with A's. And they trade for Chapman. And I know some people are already comparing this. This is the Josh Donaldson trade 2.0. Is Matt Chapman going to win an MVP with the Blue Jays? And... I don't know if I if I see him as I mean he could I don't know I wouldn't compare him quite to Donaldson because I think Donaldson at that time was a better offensive player than Chapman is but this guy is fantastic both with the bat and then as you mentioned defensively
1: yeah and he already has a couple top 10 MVP finishes so he does. Um, he he is a star. Uh, you know, I am glad he made it out of Oakland. You know, that's not a team that really uh, does a great job of. Um, I don't know, like putting their players in the position to succeed. Like I absolutely love this lineup that is going to be around him. You know, they already were one of the uh, the best offenses in baseball. Um, you know, they were first in the AL and OPS, first in home runs person slugging um, and then like top five and everything else you'd want to be in. Uh, and, and as you know, as we know, and everyone talks about it, this team is just so young. So uh, just based on how they're all progressing, they're going to be even better. So um, he, he's not the only guy in on this team that could win MVP. You know,
0: <laughs> that's <a> great point. <laughs> they have a number of those guys. I mean, Vladdy jr. I guess, I don't know, maybe, maybe Bichette too. They got a couple, they got a few. Yeah,
1: Bichette maybe, uh, if, you know, Springer, if, if he can stay healthy this year, you know, he was incredible when he was on the field last year,
2: um,
1: over 900 OPS, like, and he, he, it was so cool when they added him, it was like, they had this, this new swagger about them, um, when he was out there. Uh, but this, you know, this lineup is just so scary. Um, and they just play with so much energy, uh, so much fun to watch. Uh, that's, it would be, I would love to be a blue Jays fan right now. And then the other half of that is their rotation is just, uh, it's so solid. It's well, um,
0: they did lose their Cy Young. They replaced Robbie Ray with Kevin Gossman, who had a really nice bounce back in San Francisco. He was really good last year can he handle the AL East to, this time around? Cause it didn't go amazingly the first time when he was in Baltimore. I do think that while this is a very good rotation, they, and they just extended Jose Barrios and Hunjin Ryu has been fantastic. I, I mean, there is, they are losing a key piece from last year.
1: Yeah. But I mean, I think bringing in Gosman and then uh, you got Manoa who yeah. he finished eighth I think it was eighth and rookie of the year last year. Um, so he's a guy who, uh, can take, uh, a, a big step and be, you know, uh, top two starter. Uh, if, you know, eighth and rookie of the year, like that's great. It's probably going to take another few years for him to really get there. But, he, uh, if he progresses as he should, um, and as he can, then he's going to be really start strong for them. And then they added, uh, Kikuchi, uh, all star last year. Um, so I, you know, that's, I I'm not super concerned about, uh, the loss of Robbie Ray. And there's, yeah, there's no there's depth there's, to the rotation. Yeah. Yeah. There's sure. no depth. And there, and also like, I think, uh, looking at Robbie, Ray, Like there's no promise that he was going to repeat that kind of season, uh, that he had.
0: And so, and I also but they think, have to replace that redu- that production in some capacity. They're losing, right. they are losing whatever his Cy Young output was last year.
1: Right. And I also think Ryu was, uh, was pretty average last year. Um, but the previous two seasons, he was top three in Cy Young. And yeah. so um, I think I like him to bounce back, you know, maybe he wasn't as comfortable, whatever uh, was going on, but he is, you know, he what he was absolutely incredible uh, two seasons uh, previous. So um, I, I, I think that this rotation is, is solid. Um, I think that they've got, more pieces than most teams. Um, so this is, I think that they're going to be, if those guys, you know, lock it in, they're going to be solid.
0: Well, one other note, in addition to all that, they also have the number seven overall prospect in baseball, Gabriel Marino, and he's supposed to come up this year in 2022. He's a catcher, a right-handed hitting catcher. Um, Reese McGuire was there, was the guy who got the most played appearances and games last year at the catcher position. And, he was solid, two fifty-three batting average, one home run, ten RBIs. I think I think you could be upgrading at another key position here, um, and that will do a lot of good for the Toronto Blue Jays.
1: Yeah, um, and the only the the projected starter I was seeing was Danny Jansen. Don't know anything about this guy. Um, he had yeah. a solid bat for a catcher um, above league average OPS, which is. You know, not super common for catchers, but uh, I don't know much about that prospect, but I like that. And then he—he would—it'd be pretty low pressure too, just because he's got so many other young guys around him who, who are just like one, you know, yeah. one and a half steps ahead of him in his career. Um, so I—I I, I love the the idea of adding a guy like
0: that. He, you know, what this reminds me of? This reminds me of the Cubs adding Wilson Contreras to their core after bringing up bryant and schwarber and rizzo and addison russell all those guys and now you're bringing up the the one last big time prospect now obviously they got a couple other ones but they're not going to come up this year but in terms of position players to really round out your lineup and you mentioned danny jansen last year danny jansen 223 batting average 299 obp 11 home runs 28 rbis Another, I, I do think that Gabriel Marino is gonna be give him a it's gonna be a nice piece for them to add sometime whether it's the spring or the summer or if he breaks uh camp with the team you gotta love Toronto and last year I was really in on Toronto around midway through the season they were in fourth place for a while but and that's where they ended up finishing but the thing that what I think really is Predicts future performance is run differential. And for most of the season, they had the best run differential in the whole American League East. I don't expect that to change. I am going their win total right here is ninety-two and a half. And spoiler alert, I think it's gonna be a Blue Jays and the Rays for the division. So I won't reveal who I have in terms of wins, but I'm going to go above the 92 and a half. I'm going to say let's go 95 wins for the Blue Jays this year.
1: Yeah, I'm going over. I'm going, I was thinking 96. Uh, okay. And if things and if things really click and things start going right, they could uh, creep north of that. I think just because of how strong the division is, you're going to need things to go wrong for another team, but they, uh, they could get closer to 100 than to 90.
0: Oh, I totally agree. That was something I was factoring in. As you just look at how all these games you're going to play with Boston and New York, and of course, Tampa. It's a, it's, they're playing in the AL West or so the AL Central. I think you, you might pencil these guys in at 98 and a half. But that wouldn't be Vegas's number, but I'd be looking at like 98, 99. But in the AL East, I'll give them 95. And, yeah, I feel pretty good about that over.
1: Yeah. Um, and a real quick side note, I know you mentioned, uh, Cubs catcher, Wilson Contreras. Uh, I don't know if you saw the news today about Giovanni Soto ex uh, Cubs catcher is going to be starring in MLB home run derby X, the, uh, the international home run derby, uh, <laughs> tour show that the MLB is trying to use to promote the game. Uh, <laughs> if you saw anything about that, it looks like a hilarious gimmick, but it's like, Giovanni Soto, Nick Swisher, and Adrian Gonzalez just <laughs> hitting dingers in uh London, Korea, Mexico City. So
0: if you um, had to come up with like two other guys that you just guessed were in the mix with this, maybe they were maybe they're gonna join them later in the tournament, or maybe they're uh maybe they were the <laughs> the alternates that didn't get chosen. Who would you pick?
1: Uh, Jose Canseco, for sure. He knows how to stay in the headline.
0: He's too old. <laughs> <laughs> no, he would, well, he'd still go he's, for it. He doesn't he's care. Old. He's too good. That's the other thing. He's too good.
1: He's old and saggy now. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so I'd go Canseco, uh, and maybe uh, oh, who am I? Who am I blanking on? Uh, oh, Carlos Zambrano.
0: That's who I go. Carlos Zambrano. Couple, couple of old guys. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I was yeah. thinking like Matt Stairs and who is that? Oh, Russell Brannion, Russell Brannion from the Brewers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that, Yeah, I, it's
0: like, I, it's like, guys, we're going to bring these former Major League Baseball players here. You get to see Russell Brannion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, oh
1: my gosh. Yeah, well, I'm excited to see highlights of that on Bleach Report, but um, <laughs> yeah. So,
0: all right, let's let's run through <laughs> the Baltimore Orioles. Let's go, and we got a message here from Grant Pack. Grant Pack, which, by the way, great name. You like that name, JJ? Grant Pack.
1: Oh, I love that. Nice, compact, uh, easy to say, uh, easy to remember too um you're not forgetting that
0: now one thing that i should mention because he does make mention of something here that camden yards left field they changed the dimensions on that they actually pushed it out further i don't know if you knew this jj but it previously was only 333 out and left and now it's going to be 384 did you know that
1: no i didn't did you it went from what was it last 333
0: year? Three thirty-three wow. to three eighty-four. They pushed it back fifty feet. That's a huge jump. Yeah. So Grant makes mention of that, and I just wanted to make that clear because I know he it might not make sense if you don't know
1: what. That yeah, it would it would have caught me off guard, and you would have seen a very surprised face for me.
0: All right, let's hear what Grant Pack has to say about the Baltimore Orioles in the year twenty twenty-two
2: guys, coming out to you today to talk about the Orioles season and what we could expect. First, start off by saying, pretty ready to see this new left field. It's going to be fun to see. I mean, there might not be as many home runs, but our pitchers will probably have better stats, and I'm sure more pitchers will want to come to Baltimore. As far as our win total, I'd probably project us around 60 to 70 wins, give or take. I don't see us making the playoffs. I mean, we still got a young team, but there's definitely a lot of good that can come out of this season. I mean, we got some high, high-rated prospects in Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, D.L. Hall, Colton Cowser, Jordan Westberg, just to name a few. And another guy I'm really high on is Jorge Mateo. I mean, that guy is super, super fast, and we haven't seen a guy that fast on our team since Brian Roberts. And Man, is it exciting just to be able to see a guy steal second and steal third with ease. And we got a couple of veteran players that are ready to show that they belong in this league as well, with Rob Chirinos and Rudnett Odor. And a lot of people remember Rudnett Odor from his punch on Jose Bautista. And a lot of us Orioles fans love that because, you know, Blue Jays are our rival. (laughs) And you can't forget about Ryan Mountcastle and Austin Hayes. I think they're super ready to show that they're they belong in this league and uh guys i'd watch i'd watch out for some some good pitchers wanting to come to baltimore in the next couple of years as we start to develop our players and reach more wins throughout the season but on that note i'm out guys peace
0: thank you grant what do you think that was awesome grant you've got
1: a lot of spirit Something yeah. that the rest of these teams don't have in their fan base, apparently.
0: <laughs> uh, Not this year.
1: And, and Did you know Grant before this?
0: No. I just oh, that's great. I went, I infiltrated a, ba- a Baltimore Orioles Facebook group, and I was just like, hey, who's an Orioles fan that wants to do this? And his dad, Greg Pack, sent me a message, and he's like, my son Grant would be happy to. And <laughs> I guess the pack family, they live in, uh, like they live in, Dun- no, not uh, Sarasota. They're down in Sarasota, Florida. So they moved down. They go to some of the spring training games. Now they left Baltimore as uh smart people are doing. They're moving to Florida. So, uh, shout out to Greg pack too, for that matter.
1: Yeah. Greg pack, grant pack. Uh, there's gotta be another G in that family.
0: Gianna pack. Yeah. Is that the, is that the mom Garrett pack?
1: Um, <laughs> Giovanni Uh, that's great though. I love that. Thank you very much, Grant.
0: Yeah. Good job guys. So we're looking at a team. He, he, he has passion, but he's also realistic, realistic. He said 60 to 70 wins this year, last year, they won 52. So that would be quite an improvement to go from 52 even just a 60, that'd be an eight-game improvement. Can they do it, J.J.? Eight yeah. games.
1: No, I, I definitely think so. Um, the Well, like he was mentioning, I I think that their outfield is uh, probably their, their biggest strength as a team. Um, you know, They got Cedric Mullins, yeah. uh, who had an awesome season last year. Yeah. From um,
0: Valdosta, Georgia, by the way. Okay. Very I nice. I stopped there on my drive to Florida. Yeah, what for? I had to just stop and get gas and they had a Moe's Southwest grill. And I really like Moe's Southwest grill. Yeah. Let's get a free guac there. Is that a thing? Maybe. I don't know. I didn't. didn't, Oh yeah. It is free guac. That's right.
1: Free guac and Moe's way worse than Chipotle, but yeah, that's just one man's opinion. But Cedric (laughs) Mullins. Yeah. I'm sure he's eating that free guac all the time uh, at that specific Moe's. Austin Hayes is a stud too. He's only 25. Um, and then, and then Santander, uh, they, they've got a strong outfield. Those guys, um, you know, that's something that's going to be fun to watch. And then obviously, uh, Adley Rushman, you know, that's, you know, he's one of the most talked about prospects in baseball. Um, and it it looks like he's got a a small injury that's going to keep him out for a few weeks. Um, And they may even be be able to keep him out long enough to get an extra year of team control, which I'm guessing that's most likely what they're going to do. But I'm so excited to watch that guy play, Um, you know, as is everybody across the league. Uh, And a guy like that, um, I don't know too much about his personality, but when you've got a a catcher who's, you know, one of of the best or the best player on your team, you know, he's really captaining that field. And uh, um, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, so, and then also Grayson Rodriguez, you know, he's a, he's a top 10 prospect. Um, I don't know too much about how much, uh, how quickly he's been moving through the system. He's in double a right now. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's kind of fun when you have that great farm system and, uh, you've got, uh, you're not just, you know, watching to see your team lose. You're watching to see these young guys develop. Um, and I think they're definitely gonna be better than last year.
0: They should be better than last year. Last year was pretty awful. And we like some of these teams to get better, but we ended up saying that Boston was going to lose wins this year. So, I mean, yeah, we are giving some more wins to Toronto, but I think they can make it. I think they can win a few here. Um, yeah, you mentioned Adley Rushman, Grayson Rodriguez. So they have two of, the top, two of the six best prospects in baseball, according to... MLB.com. Those guys are expected to come up this year. As you mentioned, JJ, that's an impact already. Ryan Mountcastle can slug. We didn't really talk much about him, but that guy, he had a three home run game last year. Um, He, and then of course the great story last year, Trey Mancini, his return after his bout with testicular cancer. And is Mancini still there? He's still there. Yeah, but he' there's been, been some trade talks him. floating yeah. around
1: with him, so I hope he stays because you know I'm sure the fan base is like all behind him, uh, and as is the entire league. So uh, it'd be nice to see him stay. But you know, if they you know they're they're building for probably three years from now, so uh, you know the, he's definitely has some value. So I wouldn't be
0: surprised if he went at some point during the season. I don't see him on their... I do not see him on their 40 man. Uh, well, maybe he,
1: uh, he went, uh, but be- between me writing my notes and this show, he may be gone. I have not, I don't know, but. Oh
0: no, he doubled twice today. I, okay. they need to do, they need a better job. Baltimore Orioles website. They don't have a depth chart. Does that like, surprise
1: maybe? you, Jack? <laughs>
0: no, <laughs> they don't have, Yeah. They, okay. Now I found the depth chart when you go to their roster tab, there's no tab that says depth chart. It's just 40 men and every other team has it. So yeah, that's the Baltimore Orioles.
1: It's just, please buy a ticket, please. (laughs) That's all that's on their website. Um, Yeah, no, it's, they're going to, they're going to have a fun season. They're going to watch guys develop. Yeah. They're going to get tossed around um, plenty of times, but uh, you know, there it's, there, there are very exciting things in the future for, the Orioles. So, um, JJ,
0: I want to give you credit. I feel like you started the John means bandwagon on here a couple of years yeah. ago. You're like, John means is really good. And he came pretty dang close to throwing a, was it a perfect game last year? Yeah, no, he, or maybe he, this, it's a no hitter, but I think
1: part of it is the name, you know, John means that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't excite anyone. Um, but that's, that's his thing. He, he, uh, keeps it quiet out there and, pitches for one of the worst teams in baseball. So (laughs) I don't expect much of him. That's a low pressure environment and he's able to, yeah, he had a solid season, you know, who knows if they'll, they'll try to, you know, use that and trade him. Um, I like his
0: name, by the way. I think John means sounds like a guy who would have played in the 1950s.
1: Yeah. Yeah. John means and, uh, and Whitey Willoughby. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a Bill Burr (laughs) joke. I can't take credit for that.
0: Um, (laughs) That was a good one. I like that. Uh, The rest of their pitching staff just got absolutely shelled last year. They're two, three, and four guys in terms of of number two, three, four guys. The guys who made the most amount of starts after John Means. All ERAs over six last year. So if you push this ballpark's left field fence back, and perhaps there are a couple guys in this, rotation. Wow. Jordan Lyles. I forgot that guy was still in baseball. He's been good when he's been healthy. Jordan Lyles has been. Um, if I'm thinking of the right guy off the look, but is there anyone in this pitching staff that you're interested in JJ past John means? Yeah. I
1: mean, I I'm hoping that, uh, Bruce Zimmerman can figure it out. Uh, you know, he's, he's only 26. Um, and Obviously, you know, not a great year last year, like you were saying. That was one of the things in my notes: high ERAs. <laughs> um, but you know, he's he's young, so there's potential. Um, but there there is nothing that really uh, is exciting me
0: at all. Um, Lyles, yeah, Jordan Lyles. You know, he's Jordan Lyles is the king of, from my mem. If my memory serves me right, he's the guy who looks really good in his first nine or ten starts whenever he gets to a new place and it's like wow this guy's finally figured it out and then the the rest of the season doesn't end up looking the way that those first nine or ten starts did but maybe keep that in mind for fantasy baseball
1: yeah yeah he has yeah.
0: stretch in 2019 we went over the brewers and he made 11 starts for them in the probably I would have to think second half of the season yeah they got him from Pittsburgh, and he went seven and one with a two four five ERA. So if he only has to start ten games for you, he'll probably be pretty good. Just don't make him start thirty because when he started thirty last year in Texas, he got shelled uh, and had a five one five with a whip north of one thirty eight.
1: Yeah, so that's the thing. You got to save those starts, right? You you pitch them like twice a month. Uh, Six man
0: then- rotation.
1: Yeah, yeah, you you save you just save them. Like whenever (laughs) you really need a game, that's when you break out Jordan Lyles on fourteen days rest. Uh, That that you could be a pitching coach, Jack. I like
0: this. (laughs) I do think that, like I said, they they should score runs. They they should be fun to watch. They're definitely going to be a team for me. If they're on, I'm going to check in and watch, especially see some of how these young guys do. But until we actually see it with their pitching rotation, um I think they're going to be their over under total is sixty two and a half I'm gonna go under I think this is I'll give them sixty wins,
1: yeah uh, and the last thing I'll add before I make my prediction is I also love uh Ruto dor you know, yeah, so much fire in there that guy um. I'm not sure if it's going to make a difference for this team, but that's another guy for the fans to root for. uh, Cause he's just got so much confidence out there. And uh, so I'm hoping he, he finds a good
0: amount of playing time, but yeah, I'll, I'll go
1: under at uh, 62.
0: If you need to get fans to come out to the ballpark, get Joey bats, bring out Joey bats, and you're going to have the rematch after the game, bring out the octagon Odor versus Joey bats. and, you know what? Joey bats never got enough credit for having an awesome nickname. Like Joey bats is one of the best nicknames in sports that we've had over the past, like in the new millennium. That's just a great nickname.
1: Yeah. um, Well, and he backed it up too on the field, right? You know, he's absolute slugger, had some great, you know, great moments in his career. Um, One of them taking a sock to the face. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I, I, I I totally agree with you. Well, um, just
0: like in Goodfellas, when Bill, Billy Billy gets whacked, and so did Joey Bats.
1: Yes, it. I guess it comes with the name. You get the great nickname, but it comes with the price. Yeah, yeah.
0: Joey Bats. No, that- I I would
1: I would fly out to see that a hundred percent. Just throw him in a <laughs> ring. But yeah, the, they could like line that up with one of those TikTok fights. You know, That'd be I amazing. don't even
0: know what a TikTok fight, fight is. I didn't know that was a thing.
1: No, like these TikTokers are like boxing and like, you know, Jake oh, wow. Paul and whatever, you know, oh, when he knocked out yeah. Nate Robinson, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I didn't know they were TikTok. I didn't know the Paul guys were TikTok guys. I thought they were Vine. I could be wrong. I don't know. Time to move on. Let's go to the Yankees.
1: Laura's going to get really mad at us for this,
0: by the way. Uh, she's knowing. never going to listen. <laughs> My sister, Laura, for those who don't know, Laura doesn't listen to these, so. She only listens when it's like a, like a big time, big guest, but someone from like one of the reality shows she watches. Yeah. You're yeah. not, you're not big time for Laura. You're big Laura. time for everyone else, but you're not big time for Laura.
1: That's what matters. Yeah. So,
0: okay. Oh, they, okay. They do actually have another top. I, I'll mention this one real quick. Uh, they do have the number ninety prospect in baseball DL Hall left-handed pitcher he should also be up this year age 23 should be a fun guy to watch so there are reasons to watch the Orioles how many wins did you say JJ
1: yeah I went under at 62 62 Um, yeah so So slight under yeah but that's a 10 game improvement from last year
0: yeah that that's good okay Now we're on to the Yankees, JJ. I want to give you the steering wheel to lead the conversation here with your boys in the Bronx. Let me ask you this, actually, first and foremost, thumbs up, thumbs down on this past off season for the Yankees.
1: Uh, I'd go thumbs down. Uh, However, it could turn around and end up being proved right. But the off season moves, uh, and I may miss one, but just to summarize uh, Gary Sanchez uh, to the twins along with, uh, I think that that's also where, um, where the third baseman uh, Gio, yep. yeah, Gio Scheller also went, th- went there. Yeah. And so that, that trade, sad to see those guys go Gio was like very solid for the Yankees defensively. He was supposed to be a glove guy, but he ended up being one of their you know, top three, four offensive players. And he was consistent too. Um, so that's sad. And then the Gary Sanchez run, he had a great run. I think second fastest player ever to hundred home runs uh, fastest in the AL. So his career started off so great. And then um, just couldn't really figure it out defensively. And then his offense was really up and down. Uh, even though for a catcher, he was still in like the top, uh, just outside the top tier offensively. Uh, it was kind of like the expectations that he had set um, just with those early seasons. So he's gone and the Yankees brought over Donaldson and kiner Falefa Uh, Donaldson, obviously, you know, a few years removed from being an MVP, but still solid bat uh, and solid defense. And then kiner Falefa uh, he's got a gold glove, but I believe that that was at third. Um, So he's going to be playing short for the Yanks this year um and so i think geo is going to continue to play at the level he's been playing at and then gary over there i think in a much lower pressure environment uh has a really good chance to to shine but jack like we talked about yankees are masters at uh buying high and selling low um <laughs> even though they they did, they bought they bought geo low and gary was a prospect but they didn't quite get the value that they could have for him and then that what that did is that ended up clearing the cap space for the twins to sign Correa, which was a really interesting move. But so that offseason move, you know, if Donaldson can be, you know, a solid bat, that'll be great. Uh, and Connor Falefa, if he can, uh, if he can find a way to be an average bat at the bottom of the lineup and just provide solid, you know, plus plus defense, um, that's going to be really exciting. So there is a way that that could work out. Um, and then, the Yankees also got rid of Luke Voigt, which was really sad to see because he, when he was healthy, you know, was one of the best home run hitters in baseball. Um, you know, he led the league in that COVID year, um, sent him to the Padres, uh, and I'm, I'm so excited to see him mash there, and he's going to be having a lot of fun. He's going to grow a little stubble, um, <laughs> uh, and we got a prospect uh, in return for him, uh, He was he's a I don't know, top pitching prospect. Um, so I, I think he was pretty high up in the Padres system, but he's really young. Um, so that that's not going to pay off for a few years if it ever does. Uh, and then from a pitching standpoint, Yankees d- didn't really uh, do much uh, at all. Um, they're kind of just, well, they lost Kluber, um, which, you know, Kluber, he threw a no hitter, no hitter like I mentioned earlier, but, um, doesn't really change much, uh, and so yeah, the, this is definitely a, a bit of a new look for the Yankees. So, um, but it was it was a thumbs down, but with the potential to, you know, if Donaldson and Kyndra Falefa contribute, it could be awesome. So,
0: I love Kyndra Falefa. I think this guy is one of the game's best kept secrets, and honestly, I don't really love the direction that the Rangers are going in. Now, I understand the idea of if you see a guy like a Semyon or a Seeger, opportunity to pounce on them for sure. Personally, I would have only signed one of those guys. I wouldn't have signed both. And I mean, we just covered the Rangers and what they're doing on the last episode. And obviously, Anthony, who's a Rangers fan, he's a lot more optimistic and hopeful than I am for that team. But this guy, IKR. It's probably what they're gonna call him, it'd be my guess in New York. I think he's got the possibility to become a real fan favorite. One of the things that the Yankees have really had, I mean, last year, it was such a boom or bust offensive team. Not a lot of consistency. And it's not like IKR is going to be a 320 type of guy, but he is more of a contact bat. He's gonna put the ball in play. He doesn't strike out a whole lot. He is so versatile. In terms of he can play catcher for you. He can play shortstop. And he plays it at an elite level defensively. And he's a hustle guy. He can steal bases. He's a great base runner. I really think that they're getting something that might be undervalued by a lot of modern baseball front offices today. Because everyone's kind of wanting valuing power. Yeah. That's a good guy to add to this a little bit of stability to this Yankees team.
1: Yeah. The hustling Hawaiian, you know, he's going to bring, that's his nickname. They're going to, they're he's going to bring something hopefully. Um, and yeah, the, the bottom of the lineup is, is kind of interesting. Uh, it's got some potential to, to be pretty solid. Um, and yeah, he's going to bring something that really nobody else on the Yankees does from, from a bat, you know, just puts the ball in play. Um, and then obviously the defense and the hustle, he's going to be, First-team all-hustle for these Yanks.
0: Yep. So, um, yeah, honestly, I, I really – it just kind of feels like the the crappy sequel from last year. Like, we saw what happened with this team. They're running it back. I don't really see – like, again, if you put them in the Central, you put them in the West, they're, I'd definitely pick them as a playoff team. I just don't think – that they're better than Tampa or Toronto and they might not be better than Boston.
1: Yeah. Well, they, what they need is uh, they need Rizzo to dig deep and, uh, and return to that Cubs form, you know, uh, earlier in his career. Uh, But that's probably not going to happen. He's he's going to play play solid D though uh, and be a, you know, a team leader because he's, you know, just so so well-respected and he's got that ring. Obviously, Judge is, you know, he was incredible last year. He's going to be incredible this year as, as long as he's healthy. Um, Giancarlo was great last year, too. Um, and he was so much better when they played him in the field. This is one of the really frustrating things is, like, um, you know, these guys are the, some of the best athletes in the world. Giancarlo wants to play in the outfield. He says he's more comfortable when he's in the outfield. You can imagine when you're DHing for the Yankees, you know, you're only uh, getting up once every 50 minutes, you know, and having that bat. And if it doesn't go well, then, you know, you wait another 50 minutes where when you're playing in the field, you're staying loose. Your mind is off of uh, batting. You know, you're really able to distract yourself uh, and then come in feeling good. So uh, so now Giancarlo is going to slot back to the DH because the Yankees, we, we got Aaron Hicks back now because he had been injured up and down which Hicks does, you know, he's had some really good moments in his career, uh, you know, high OBP guy, um, and he's such an athlete switch hitter. So he, when he's right, he brings something to the Yankees offense that's unique. Uh, and also defensively, you know, he's in a, a really, really solid center fielder. Um, so that's great. But the Yankees best lineup, uh, you know, the Yankees, Yankees best starting nine does not include Hicks you know it's it's either Judge or Gallo in center field and Giancarlo in right so that's kind of that's a little bit frustrating but you know Yankees love getting injured so i'm sure it'll work itself out uh, and then the sim- another similar situation that is built for injuries is currently DJ Lemayhu is not starting for the Yankees which is that's weird wild it is yeah. weird
0: i i'm surprised that they're still hanging on to Torres I know that they'd be selling low on him at this point but Lamehu is a better player in my opinion than Gleyber Torres.
1: Yeah. Um 100% agree, you know, LeMahieu, uh, I like to say he got snubbed from the MVP in the COVID year. Uh, just just had better stats than Abreu, you know, and we can go back and forth
0: all day on that. It doesn't yeah, matter, it was a COVID like, year. It's not a real. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's true. And and
1: I do I do completely agree with that because the Dodgers are not actually World Series. <laughs> I wouldn't um,
0: say that, but yeah. 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 Uh,
1: so, uh, but yeah, it it is so weird because he's so great defensively, and second base is his position. Um, so it it's going to be really really interesting to see how they work that out because I think that Glaber will be solid as uh, like he's he's going to provide you know below average defense from second, but that doesn't matter too much. Uh, I think that at a position like that, he's not going to be nervous. He's not going to be self-conscious like he is at shortstop. Uh, and he's going to play a lot better, um, and to his potential. And maybe that's where, uh, the, that's when the Yankees sell on him, but yeah, DJ LeMay, you know, they, they signed that five-year deal paying him some good money. And right now he's just a you know utility bench player. So that's definitely frustrating. Um, so, yeah, just the construction of this team is is really interesting to me right now. But, you know, I, I think everyone would agree, though, if these guys play to their potential, not even like, you know, looking at Rizzo and Donaldson, I'm not saying that they return to like their seasons when they were younger, uh, but they just play to what their potential is now. You know, this lineup is it's scary. You know, you, you got Rizzo, who's going to be getting on base, great situational hitter. I uh, haven't talked about Gallo. If he gets it right, you know, he was terrible for the Yankees last year. Uh, if he gets it right, you know, everybody knows like he's a very, he's a feared home run hitter. Um, Higashioka uh, who's our starting catcher right now um, who the pitching staff loves. uh, uh He has a ton of pop. He's all he does is hit, you know, he either goes over whatever, or he hits two to three home runs in a game, you know, So he's, he's a guy who's got potential. Um, Apparently he's been learning from Donaldson at the plate. Uh, There's been some talks about that uh, because, you know, he wasn't really able to talk to him much about hitting in the past when they were rivals. So, Um, (laughs) but yeah, so, I mean, it, it, if things go right, this could be a solid lineup, but I, I'm not extremely optimistic and I'm frustrated with what's happening with Stanton
0: and LeMahieu. I will say that, I actually like the Donaldson pickup because what I, what I see in Donaldson is a fiery kind of clubhouse guy that could give your team a kick in the rear when it needs a kick in the rear. And personally, I think Rizzo is an outstanding guy. I feel like there are times where he's, when I saw with the Cubs that he kind of lacked that where the Cubs sort of needed someone to be the, the, the bad guy, the tough guy. And I never really saw that with Rizzo. I think Donaldson can be that guy and the other thing I think then some, what could be the case with Joey Gallo is some of these guys do not like playing in the bright lights of New York they just they don't like the extra attention they don't like the pressure they don't want to deal with the fans can be rough the New York media it's not built for everyone personally I would say all the time that I would much rather live in San Diego than New York city. Like I would rather live in Tampa than New York city. I would, there are a lot of places where I would be happier than New York city. It's not for everybody. And Josh Donaldson, like that could be the case with Gallo. It definitely was the case with Sonny gray. We saw what he did when he went over the reds. Donaldson seems like the type of me guy to me. That's like, screw it. I don't care. Uh, I'm going to wear this uniform. Um, he's got, He's a he's a fierce guy. I think I I think he's gonna do well here.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, right? Like, uh, and he's very you know so established, like very well respected. Um, He he. It kind of seems like to me he's a guy who he's not really gonna be playing for the pinstripes. He's gonna be playing for uh, like the fans, you know. Yeah. Uh, He's gonna he's gonna ride off that. Uh, He's he's fearless, so he's not gonna. Yeah, exactly. You're saying not afraid of the bright lights. Not afraid um, of the
0: bright lights. I think he could be a good leader for some of the young players on this team. Yeah. I will. And, I got another fun little anecdote here. I mentioned to you before we got going, I was subbing third grade today. And I asked the kids before school started, I said, guys, who's your favorite athlete? And I went around and had every kid say, and some kids said, I don't have one. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'm going to give you the list that I got here. Tom Brady, Zach Levine. I mean, here in Chicago, so that's a Chicago special. Russell Wilson, Roger Federer, Dan Marino. Here's the best one. Dontrell Willis. (laughs) The leg kick. I was like, you know who Dontrell Willis is and you're 10 years old? Like, you're my new best friend. This is great.
1: (laughs) That's amazing.
0: And then there were a number of soccer players that I had. I don't know who they were, sadly. Um, That makes me sound dumb, but they were like, they said some soccer. I'm like, who's that? I'm like, oh, they're European soccer player. I'm like, whoops, sorry. I don't know who they are. And then the last one, Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge was actually the first name I heard when I called on this one kid. He's like Aaron Judge. And he's a fan favorite. So I just thought that was a. Neat little anecdote, anecdote to add on to this.
1: Hey, he's he's mine too. Uh, just just look at the guy. He's so huggable, so kind. <laughs> he got the uh, the tooth gap fixed. Um, he's uh, he's. I, you know what? Old. I liked
0: th- I liked his old teeth. I'm yeah. I'm a fan of go with your natural teeth. Look at yeah. these babies.
1: Yeah. yeah, and you know what? No, th- they look they look beautiful, Jack. Uh, no, he really. <laughs> He really is, um, you know, he's the face of the Yankees. The uh, they're working on his contract extension right now, uh, and the the rumors are that if they sign to a big contract, they're going to give him the captaincy, which would be absolutely amazing. And Jack, I'm going to do something. I'm going to throw you a little curveball right now. Yes. Um, I've I've got a surprise for the show that Ooh. you're going to absolutely love. Oh boy! Uh, it was it was actually a gift from your brother Tim. Who, <laughs> who just visited me out here in Phoenix. Uh, and he knew exactly what would uh, what would get me excited. And it was a little mini Aaron Judge. Oh. Number 99. Look, look at this guy. He's just is, so lovable.
0: So adorable. It's an yeah. Aaron Judge mini bobblehead. So are the mini bobbleheads back? Because I saw one of those. Oh, maybe that was you. I think I saw you put that on Snapchat. Because... I have behind me. I can grab these really quickly. One second here. I'm excited to see this. Okay, one. I just grabbed the two that were closest to me. These were like post cereals. They had these mini bobbleheads that you would get in the cereal. So I got Pedro uh, and Mike Piazza, and I, nice. I I have like twelve of these, and they come That's in great. Each cereal box. So. I, I, are they back? Is this a thing now? The mini bobble? This thing
1: doesn't even, this thing doesn't bobble. Uh, like <laughs> you can like move his head. Uh, anyway, it just brings me great joy. So he sits at my desk now and, uh, you know, just gets me excited for opening day. But yeah, oh, uh, obviously he's a, he's a legend. Um, so we're happy about him. Uh, do you want to talk pitching quick before I know we got to sure. keep moving?
0: I just, yeah, I was just going to say to me, it feels like the reboot of last year. I mean, what, Obviously, I mean, you bring in Donaldson, which I like there. So there are some changes a little bit, but it is going to be the same type of thing. Last year they had Montgomery was really good. And of course you have Garrett Cole, but if Garrett Cole goes down, we talked about this last year, Joel Sherman wrote that piece prior to last season and saying Garrett Cole is the most indispensable player in baseball if the Yankees lose him for a significant amount of time they're probably not going to fare well they could very easily fall out of the race and he did make 30 starts last year so it wasn't a problem but I mean past Cole Montgomery he's a he's a little younger promising guy I Cortez Nestor Cortez was fantastic was he a rookie last year JJ so uh,
1: I he was new to the Yankees. I'm not exactly sure if he was, but yeah, he nasty Nestor. So what, what do you like? Is there
0: what else is there to add on this pitching rotation? What's your assessment of them?
1: Yeah, so obviously Nestor was a welcome surprise. Um, he was so great. He had this awesome mustache. You know, he looked like Mario out there. Um, <laughs> it was not so Mario great.
0: Lanza. Mario, no, more. not
1: Mario Lanza. I know the 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 goat of the Jack Vita show, the greatest <laughs> of all time. Um, wow. So he is, he is, great. Oh yeah. He's, he's a legend on your show. <laughs> knows. Um, so yeah, Mon- that. we, we mentioned Montgomery, uh, Severino is healthy. We're just, you know, hoping that he is, uh, if he has a full season, you know, he's, uh, like what he did earlier in his career was incredible. And so whenever he pitches, he's great. So Severino, uh, having a full season of him, that's going to be, that would change this rotation. Uh, Jamison Tyone, uh, he had a stretch last year, you know, and it was like an 11 game stretch and then he got injured, uh, where he was, you know, sub three, uh, or maybe around three ERA, um, went like seven and two. Uh, so he's a guy that he can definitely get it right. Um, and so really, really those five guys, um, and then Domingo Herman, who he's hurt right now, but, uh, he can make a fine fifth starter. Yankees quietly had uh, a top five, uh, uh, starting rotation in the AL last year. So, but you're completely right. If Cole gets hurt, then, you know, they're they're that's going to be one of their weaknesses. So, I mean, I'm excited. Uh, it's the same thing. It's just the, the potential of these guys is there. Um, hopefully Montgomery can make that next step, but, uh, I that's not, it's not a big concern to me. Um, just because I know what each of these guys does when they are right.
0: All right. So, having said all of that, 91 and a half. That's the number on the Yankees. What are you going, JJ? All right.
1: Uh, so Orioles, they're down at the bottom. We went Red Sox are 89, Blue Jays 96. And then, So Yankees, I am gonna go uh I think I'm gonna go under at ninety one. What would the total be for you? Ninety one. Yeah, so under ninety one and a half okay. at ninety one.
0: I'll go I'll go ninety. I think that ninety one and a half is a really good number. I just don't think it's gonna be good enough in this division, as we mentioned. you gave Toronto ninety six, yeah. Basically, all the stuff I already said, I'm. I just wish. I don't know. I mean, what? Let me ask you this last thing. Let's say that they run it back and basically get the same outcome as last year, or maybe they miss the playoffs with an expanded postseason now. Do you just keep doing the same thing again and again with Cashman? Is Cashman still running the show like what what happens
1: i mean well what and one of the things we actually didn't touch on is boone who they extend, they gave him a new contract this offseason which i was so frustrated by um because just the way that he manages the way like the decisions he makes he's just uh, a puppet for uh like the analytics guys who are just they're trying to be the ray's but they're clearly missing whatever the Rays do (laughs) because they try to be the Rays and then they make the wrong decisions. Um, like for example, two years ago when they sent up Mike Ford, uh, to go strike out, uh, in the ninth inning against the Rays, because he was a lefty doesn't matter that he's one of the worst hitters on the team. Oh, the lefty. So, uh, so I mean the, yeah, so I'm super frustrated with both those guys. Cashman, I would love to see, uh, if this doesn't work out and they don't, you know, really look competitive and make it to, you know, look good in the ALCS. If they don't look good in the ALCS, then I think that Cashman has to go. Uh, And do I think they're going to do that? No, I don't think it matters. I just don't,
0: I don't understand. Like maybe it's just the fact that maybe this is where the Steinbrenner stand at this point. They're happy because they're making a, ton of money and unless it hurts the pockets then nothing changes
1: yeah so i don't know i don't think they're going to fix anything that is going to really change this team so i don't think we're winning the world series this year and i don't think meaningful changes will be made so i'm not not super optimistic but you know it could something good could happen it's a great lineup great you know starting five so
0: for your sake i just wish it was a i wish the pitching rotation was something i could count on a little more i wish if if i knew man they if they had three guys that two guys past cole that you could count on every single day to be really 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 good that would entirely change the trajectory of this team
1: yeah well i'm i'm optimistic about the rotation
0: yeah, uh, I know you are. I'm not making any promise. None of those. I'm saying like none of those guys are guys that are known commodities that you can count on. Look at the last five years, and you know what they're gonna be.
1: Yeah, we we know Montgomery's gonna be a solid three and a half four starter. That's yeah. I think that's it that we know. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Wow. So, all right. Finally, Tampa Bay Rays. I don't want to go too long on the Rays. I love the Rays. I always do every single year. I'm I'm big on the Tampa Bay Rays. JJ, where would you like to start with your notes on the Tampa Bay Rays? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I think that um, the biggest, like, question mark is what's going on with the rotation. Um, it Like, obviously, these guys always find a way, um, but what I was reading, their number one starter right now in the rotation, Shane McClanahan, who is... Solid last year, seventh in uh, rookie of the year voting in 2021. But like, let's just compare that to the the Blue Jays rotation that we just talked about. That their guy who's a rookie and finished eighth in rookie of the year voting last year was like their four or five starter. Um, Corey Kluber is there uh, is slotted in at number three. You know, they're not going to have Glass now again this year, um, which is really sad for the sport because uh, he's so fun to watch.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I mean that's I I they're going to figure it out but I just don't I just don't know how it doesn't look nearly as intimidating as some of these other uh uh starting rotations but um I Jack you're the king of the rays so tell me that I'm wrong
0: <laughs> I'm the mayor of Tampa <laughs>
1: That's
2: right
0: <laughs> <laughs> So you said the same thing about the rays last year Now obviously at that point they had tyler glass now they brought in a few veteran guys to kick around see about and one of those guys was chris archer was back rich hill michael waka you really like waka which you mentioned earlier but what i'm really interested in is i mean i so they basically it was trial by fire last year in the postseason. They started all of their, all of their rookies in that postseason series against Boston. And that's what hurt them in the postseason series is they were really hoping that they could do the bullpen stuff. And I don't think they were set up extremely well in a five game series for to do that. It didn't really work out for them very well. So in that, so basically what you're looking at with this rotation though McClanahan, Rasmussen, Shane Baz, and Luis Patino. Those four guys were the playoff starters last year, I believe. Josh Fleming may have started a playoff game. I don't even remember because it didn't go well. They should have had Ryan Yarbrough on their postseason roster, and they did it. I I think they would probably acknowledge that mistake at this point. And they're doing the bullpenning thing. The, The bullpen's great. Shane Baz is currently like the number 11, number 12 prospect in all of baseball. And I think they're expecting that McClanahan and Baz and Patino, that one of those three can give you a glass that can become the new glass now. I think that's what they're thinking. Now, I have to pull up the numbers from last year. The thing that was really interesting I remember with Luis Patino was he really, I his stat lines were, Very much manipulated for arbitration, where it was like four and two thirds, four and two thirds. Oh, he doesn't get a start. So he wasn't pitching five innings because then you got to pay the guy more money for making a quality start when you hit arbitration. Scummy of the raise. Well, they're doing what they got to do. But yeah, yeah. So last year, There, this was how their rotation broke down. Ryan Yarbrough, he had a 5'11 ERA, Waka 505. Those were the guys who made the most starts for them last, or they they pitched the most games as starters. So that includes long relief, using an opener, whatever. McClanahan was really good, 3'4'3. They didn't get a whole lot of glass now. Patino did okay. Colin McHugh, I forgot he was a part of the bunch last year. So, yeah, there are a lot of options. I think what's going to end up happening is, you know what? It's really funny because now I am looking at this and I am rethinking this a tad bit. I think there's a lot of promise in their rotation. And there's a trust level that I have with the Rays assessment and judgment of these guys that I don't have with the Yankees. Like, that's the difference when I look at these rotations. Honestly. I
1: completely agree with you. Like, I I know that I'm wrong. I just don't know how yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that Kluber's over here. I, I do like McClanahan, Baz, and Patino. And Baz came yeah. up at the very end of the year last year. So they'll get a full season of him. And I, and
1: I think he Baz is hurt right now. Um, I don't know how long. Uh, I don't know if it doesn't sound like it's a it's an extreme. Yeah, long I don't think injury, he's going to
0: miss too much time. But their their bullpen is going to be great once again with Kittredge, Fairbanks, and Fireyzen. Those are really your main three guys that we saw last year. And there are going to be some new guys that we didn't know about who are going to be really good <laughs> again this year. Yes, I think that obviously. We can mention their lineup. You're going to have a full year of Wander Franco, who we saw flashes of it, but I think that guy is going to have a Fernando Tatis Jr. like impact here in the early part of his career in year two. Pick him in your fantasy baseball league. This guy is a stud. He was the number one prospect in all of baseball a year ago. Randy Rosarena, the reigning rookie of the year. And they actually didn't end up trading Kevin Kiermeyer which a lot of people were speculating that they would. So if you look at their lineup, and that's not even mentioning Vidal Bruhan, who's probably going to start the season in the minors. Taylor Walls, who replaced. Um, my gosh, who's the guy that they had last year that they traded? I'm blanking on his name. It's a uh, brewer. Joey Wendell? No, no, no. Shortstop. They traded him to the Brewers. Like really early in the year. Everyone was shocked by it. I don't know. Oh my gosh, JJ. Really? Okay. This is well, you so don't know weird. it either,
1: Jack, so don't get mad at me.
0: Oh, it's 930 here. I'm like... Oh, Will- Willie Domus. Willie Adamas. Willie Adamas. Thank I'm you. I'm pretending like I knew
1: that off the top of my head, but I just Googled it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Willie Adamas. So yes. they're mm-hmm. a factory in terms of position players and platoons. They're gonna score a lot of runs. They're gonna they were a great offensive team last year.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they're fantastic. The and again, these Rays just find a way. Um, obviously a Rosa Arena, like so many people love that guy. I love that guy, you know, greatest postseason player of all time. Uh <laughs> I it's gonna be interesting to see if Mike Zanino can once again be a dog. Oh you yeah. know, he what, you know, incredible season, uh, from the plate as a catcher. Um, you know, he, uh, just, you know, blew past people's expectations and I, I would love to see, you know, for him, if he can keep that up, G-Man Choi, uh, the Garrett Cole killer. I love that guy. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I th- I think that their offense is going to stay fantastic, um, and it's last be... year
0: they led the division in runs scored. And I think if we gave that as a trivia question to a lot of people, they'd probably think the Red Sox were the team that scored the most runs in the AL East. But actually, it was Tampa. They scored eight fifty seven, and actually Toronto wasn't too far behind. They scored an forty six. Yeah. 8, 846. yeah.
1: Um, no, yeah. Th- so I think, yeah, they're second in the AL and run scored fifth in OPS. Uh, and th- that also that, so the OPS that's not adjusted for, uh, the field and like rate, right, you know, Tropicana field definitely is a, uh, is a pitcher's park. Um, no, so here's park. Know, well, when you, when you, uh, when you adjust for OPS, they, they move up
0: Oh, uh, interesting. third
1: OPS plus. Yeah. Wow. So it's a, did I say hit? it's a pitchers? Okay, I'm just saying what I what I read on a CBS. Article,
0: I so. I thought that park. I also thought
1: that, and and that it surprised me because that was my thought too. But um,
0: I maybe it's not just dimensions. Maybe it's the dome. Maybe according it's according
1: to people smarter than me. Yeah, it's all those balls hitting off the catwalk. You know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, I mean they're they're going to be incredible. They you know i i'm picking the the blue jays to win the division but they'll pro the rays will probably win um <laughs> so um yeah i i have no reason to to doubt this team um except for the fact that i can't see how their rotation's going to work out but
0: last they will year figure it out. last year was the best team they've ever had and that was with a year one wander franco and a year one vidal bruhan and they're going to have, yeah. Year one
1: of Rosarena too.
0: Year one, McClanahan, year one, Baz, Rasmussen, all these young pitchers. So Brandon McKay, we're forgetting him too. Brendan McKay, man, forgot about that guy. Yeah. And then, you know, Josh Lowe, another guy. They're going to have him for a full year. He's going to crack the big league team. He's a number 50 outfielder in all baseball. They have so many cost effective starters that are they don't have to pay anything to these guys and greg jones actually number 91 prospect in all baseball he's a shortstop he's supposed to come up this year they've stockpiled their farm system so they got all these guys and what they do so well this is why you know why they don't have to have like this dominant pitching staff that we look at in terms of Like, like what the Indians have had, where you could just go down the list and they have four or five great starting pitchers. It's because they play the matchups and they run this like it's a simulation and it works for the regular season. It has not worked in the postseason yet. We'll see if last year it, it, I thought it would, but those pitching, those starting pitchers that they tossed out there, no playoff experience prior, they're all rookies. You know what? The Braves did that a year before. They had uh, four or five, they had five starting pitchers that were all under the age of 25. 25 and under back in 2019 or 2020. And then last year, they were able to get some contributions out of them again and they made the run to the World Series. So I I do think they'll there's a little more experience, a little more poise with some of these young guys this year wouldn't be surprised if a couple of them blossom into stars and they hopefully they're hoping to get glassed out potentially for the end of the year. And what kind of an emotional boost would that give them? I mean, yeah, we were watching see the, that
1: hair flowing.
0: Yeah. on that great field. hair. Yeah. But my, my dad and I were watching some highlights from the 2016 Cubs world series last night. And we are talking about, it's not talked about enough. How big of an emotional boost Kyle Schwarber gave the Cubs by returning. Yeah. Gl- yeah.
1: Yeah. We also didn't even mention Brandon Lau, I don't think. <laughs> nope. We did who not. Is just a stallion. You know, he is he's gonna have another incredible year. Uh, I didn't realize he was only 26 years old. So <laughs> yep. Um, but he, yeah, or Austin played,
0: Meadows, another one we didn't mention.
1: Yeah Meadows. So the I mean this team is really like I I wouldn't be surprised if they win the AL East. um, You know, like I, you know, the past two years, I've just been proved wrong by you. So, uh, I think it'd be that they—they've never won the AL East three years in a row. So that would be—that would be huge for them, their whole franchise. Um, And I totally agree with the the playoff poise. Um, You know, now pretty much, you know, everybody on this roster has that experience. Um, They're they're hitting, you know, they, this, this could end up being the best offense in in all of baseball. Um, so that's, it's, uh, they're not taking anybody by surprise this year after last year when, you know, what, what was their over under last year? You probably don't remember that, but I'm, I bet it was like in the
0: 80s. It was, yeah, it was pretty low. I remember it was like 84 and a half or something like that. And I was like, we need to hammer this over. And, uh, I think I had them. I, they won 100. I think I had them Go at on. like 97. I think I went 97 last year.
1: I probably but, scolded you.
0: Yeah, you did. You did. But you know what? I will also add Robert Flores on MLB Network, former Sports Center anchor. He said one time on MLB Now, he said, the Rays remind me of Gonzaga basketball. When, when it started, it was like they're this cute little underdog. But now they're a blue blood program. Like, and I would go even further. They're like the San Antonio Spurs or the new, I, I wouldn't say they're Patriots, but the Spurs in their heyday where you can't count them out any year. And there's some kind of smarts and analytics to them. They're a factory. They replace players well. And I, I just think they're going to, I think they're going to pick up where they left off last year. I think they I if they in order for them to actually be a contender in the American League to win the World Series, like they should add one, maybe two starters at the deadline. And I'm talking just guys who are true starters that you can throw out there for a postseason series because they didn't have that last year. Um but then they get glass now back. And if they get fifty percent, sixty percent, seventy percent of glass now, that's like trading for a player. So I'm going with the Rays once again. They're over under total 89 and a half. Once again, Vegas is low on them. I'm going to go 98 for the Tampa Bay Rays.
1: Yeah. Um well, just addressing what you said, um I love the comparison, you know. It's they're they're not they're never the sexy pick, right? Um yeah. And cuz y- you look at the team and nothing like just flies off the page. Like, Oh, this is like, you, you, you just can't, it's hard to, I guess, quantify what the stuff that their uh, their front office does and, and their analytics department, but it, 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 it just works. Um, and they're just, you know, they've, they've proved it the past few seasons. So, um, great comparison. Uh, I'm also going to go over, um, but I do think that, uh, the blue Jays will, uh, will win the division. Um, so I'm going to go over, I'll, I'll go, uh, 95, 95. So,
0: okay.
1: Yeah. One game, one game behind the Jays. Um, That'd
0: be a great playoff race.
1: Yeah, no, it, it would. And you know what, what I actually, you know, my, my heart is telling me the blue Jays, but you know, I bet that the Rays will win the division. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Um, uh, two other things that, uh, I had in my notes that I didn't realize, I don't know if you knew this, uh, when the Freddie Freeman and Matt Olson race, uh, when those races were going on in free agency, apparently they were, they came in second for both those guys. So they went really hard for both them and yeah. they wanted both those guys to be a part of their plans, but, um, did not happen for them. I was just listening to a Rays podcast yesterday.
0: Oh, um, I love that research. Yeah,
1: no, it was, uh, was it was the big O on it. Uh, no, it, it was just <laughs> like three, three absolute nerds who just, they just love the Rays, but they're, they're just some weird dudes. Uh, but I, I picked <laughs> that up from there. I had no idea that they were, cause that's not what they do. You know, yeah. they don't, they don't make the big splashes. Um, so, so that, that was kind of interesting, but, uh, I'm sure that they're going to be better off for it. Or it's a sign that those guys are, they were the two best, uh, free agents available. Um, sorry, you know, not Matt Olsen Chapman. Was, yeah, Olson was a not trade. A, yeah. Chapman oh, oh Olson yeah, yeah, they they traded us, but they I guess their packs that they put together was second best, so. Yeah. Um, no, I they're the,
0: I, they're they're going for it. When they see the right move, they'll they're not going to go all in cuz they don't have to go all in. They're set up to be competitive for a few years here. It's not like a like with Oakland Oakland had to go all in the last two years basically because they, they, they saw that this was coming and they were going to have to rebuild and reload. But, uh, the rays don't, the rays, they got these guys, they got Franco for five more years. So six more years, they're going to be, they're going to be in the mix for a, every single year. They should be in the mix. Like the Spurs. Um, yeah. doesn't mean they're going to win it, but Yeah. I'm a, I like the Rays and JJ. I, I think this is a, you know, I, I I think the the last thing we should do here is Bachelor style. You got how there are um, six playoff spots now in the American League. And so basically you got however many roses you want to give out to these teams. How many roses are you giving out? So, so basically you have six roses to give out to the playoffs, right? How many of those roses are going to, to to playoff teams? How many of those roses are going to teams in this division? How many are making the playoffs?
1: So there's six this year. What is uh, break that down. I, I So thought it was there's still five.
0: three division winners and three wild cards. Top two teams get a buy, like the old NFL
1: playoffs. Okay. Uh well, I will I will do um I think I'll go. I want to go three in the East, but just because they could be, um, up on each other. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think I will do that. I think I'll go three in the East cause I, I can't pick the Yankees to not make the playoffs, so
0: <laughs> I'm going through
1: three in the East. Uh, and then, uh, AL central, I guess, uh, they're going to get one with the Sox, and then AL West. Astros, and I guess yeah, the A's are not good anymore. No, Mariners. So, yeah, yeah, the Mariners. The pick. I don't know. You know, I'm just gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Angels because I'm rooting for them because I I love Mike Trout. Uh, Who they get? They got Syndergaard, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Shohei. I think Rendon's gonna bounce back. Um, so we actually got to see them uh, spring training the other day. A lot of fun.
0: Yeah, you um, guys. So, are yeah, last.
1: I'll I'll go two to the AL West. Okay,
0: I'm going in terms of playoffs. I gave two out. I went with Mariners and I also went with the Astros. So that means I got two wild cards left. I'll I'll give them an an out in this division. I'll go Tampa as a division champ, and then Toronto and New York as wild card teams. And then I guess the real wild card in that would be. So I got the Yankees winning ninety games. That would be the 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 final wild card spot. Cause I had the Mariners, I think in 91 or 92 and then Toronto at 95. So the, the really wild card of that would be, could the twins or the tigers maybe be a team that surpasses that win total. And that just seems like a little too lofty for one of those teams this year. And uh, so that's what I'm going to go with. Those are my, those are my playoff teams, the AL East. And just like that, we, pre, we previewed the AL East for the third straight year, J.J. Good
1: man, Jack. I like that pick. You know, I, that might have been for me. I appreciate that.
0: No, uh, no, <laughs> I wouldn't do that for you. I'm not that nice.
1: <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, we did it. Uh, this is this is great, Jack. You're looking better than ever. Uh, you got that great baseball hat on. I saw that hat at uh, one of the spring training games I went to. Uh, oh, one of the, sweet. Probably the most interesting piece of apparel that I saw at a spring training game was a dude with a Jimmy John's backpack. Um, So so that was interesting. I don't know if he was making a delivery or what, but um, yeah, this is great, Jack.
0: All right, sweet. Well, JJ, uh, we're going to say goodbye for now. I'm sure we'll chat with you sometime this season, but for now, is there anything you would like to plug or promote or you, you want people to check out the kind of work you're doing over there in Phoenix or your social media, anything of that nature?
1: Yeah, uh, hit me with an Instagram follow, underscore jaggered uh, Friend me on Facebook. It's just my name. Uh, yeah, and uh, if you're ever out in Phoenix, you want to, you know, hang out, play some golf, hit me up. I love to meet <laughs> fans of the Jack Vita Show. Um, but uh, yeah, appreciate you doing this, Jack. The People love your content. So,
0: Oh, well, you know, what's funny is you mentioned hanging out with fans, so... There's this guy named Ryan Packett, and now he's been on. He did the March Madness preview with me. He's going to do the NL Central preview with me in a couple days. He was a guy who just listened to this show a year ago, and he like hit me up on social. He's like, "I love this show. This is great." And so we just chatted. Yeah, and that's the thing, guys. If you want to, if you want to reach out, now obviously I'm not. I can't promise I'm going to respond to every message or whatever. But you know, Ryan, cool guy, Uh, and we just chat on socials a little bit. And then I knew he was a huge Reds fan and I was going to the Reds game. I'm like, hey, hey, Ryan, uh, any tips for me at this Reds game? What should I do? And he's like, dude, no way I'm going to be at that game. So he Ryan sat with me and Evan Myers at the game. And now he's becoming a regular on the Jack Vita show. So, you know, hit up JJ, hit me up. That's the great thing about social media. Don't yeah. be a weirdo.
1: Jack's a man of the people, you know. He re- <laughs> he does respond to his fans. Um, uh, call called
0: so, fans. I don't like that. That makes me uncomfortable.
1: Uh, what do you prefer, followers?
0: Your uh, uh listeners.
1: Listeners. Okay.
0: Yeah. 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 Well,
1: I'm a fan and a listener, Jack. So
0: fan. I just feel like it, it. It's got a weird thing of like, oh, you're a fan of mine. Like I'm above you. I don't like that.
1: No. Man yeah. of the people. That's right, Jack. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah.
0: all right, follow him, underscore, at underscore Jaggard on Instagram. JJ, thank you very much. Talk to you soon. See you, Jack. All right, so that does it for my conversation today with Jonathan Jagger. As I mentioned, we got four more of these previews to crank out, so make sure you guys are all subscribed to the Jack Vita Show if you want to catch and at least should be the next one that we record tomorrow. I'll be doing that one with Jordan Morandini and Mickey Morandini, the former, former Philly. So we'll talk NL East. That should be a lot of fun. NL Central after that with Ryan Packett. And then NL West with Albert Destrade. Hopefully AL Central with Clarence Black. So make sure you guys are all subscribed to the Jack Vita Show, wherever it's that you get your podcast. Leave a five-star review. And go onto my website, jackvita.com, for more content. Until next time, I'm Jag Vita, Bring in the
2: dancing lobsters.